Let's jump right into current events. Again, another surprising week in that there is a little bit more to talk about than we thought there would be. However, I think the topics just run a little deeper this week. There aren't really more than we wanted them to be or than we expected, just that they are deeper. Uh, First things first, we have to talk about the lockout. Let's get that out of the way. The updates we know are that the Players Association has dropped the age-based free agency proposal, which means that the free agency six-year service time, you know, um, standard is probably going to stay the same. Uh-huh. And yeah, they wanted it to be anywhere. like, I think they wanted it to be six years or age 28, whichever comes first. Yeah. Yeah. That's what it was. So, which I thought, I thought the and... age thing make, made sense. But I agree. You've also got to give a little to get a little. So, hopefully, that helps because the owners certainly didn't want that. Definitely didn't no. want that. Heck no. And, I, you know, let's get into this right now. Mike Trout is on the record saying they're trying to make the game better. They're trying to make it more interesting for the fans. And this is further evidence of that being hullabaloo. We, the fans don't care about the age restriction thing. We don't care about arbitration dates. We don't, I mean, really, it doesn't affect the on the field product tremendously. To be fair. fair, We do care about free agency to a degree because it, it, it decides it's the deciding factor as to whether or not the star is going to stay in your hometown. Right. Because there are some teams that just flat out, are not going to pay their stars. So you're like, okay, we got this guy for like two more years, right? So to some degree, yes, that does affect it. But ultimately, like, fans just want their team to be on the field is what it really comes down to. And, yeah, like, they're like, we're we're just trying to promote the game. It's like, well, you're not promoting it in a good way. So for those of you who don't know, Mike Trout was on the Weather Channel this week because apparently he's a weather nerd. Talking about how awesome that's that nor'easter was this week. Talking about how he loved that all the wet, all the roads were wrecked because of the snow and everything. And then they asked him about the lockout, and he says there hasn't been a whole lot. But as Briggs said, he pointed out that they're trying to promote the game, make it better. But if they really wanted to make it better for the fans, they get this thing done like tomorrow. Yeah, and that's and what it comes down to. Quit losing momentum and faith and all the other stuff that's going on. So negotiate more than two of, days a week, man. Gee, right. As of last week, that's the information we still have. We do also um, have this. Jeff Passan tweeted out after the after the negotiations were done on Tuesday because they they met two days in a row. Uh, yeah. He said the MLB agreed to accept parameters of a pre-arbitration bonus pool for top thirty war, which is really cool. So what that means is, it I look at it as kind of like the Derrick Rose rule in the NBA, which means that if you're a rookie or if you're on your rookie contract and you win like the MVP or something like that. Rookie of the year doesn't count because a rookie has to win that anyway. But like Derrick Rose won the MVP in like his second year in the NBA, but he's still getting paid pennies compared to what he was worth. And then he went and tore his ACL was never the same player again. So he never got to cash in on money that he obviously had earned and deserved. So Mm -hmm. what this does is for guys who have not reached arbitration yet, like say like Fernando Tatis, he doesn't have to take a potentially low ball deal from the team as an extension as a way to get paid to guarantee his money. Instead, he can take in part of that pre-arbitration bonus pool and get yeah. paid for that, get compensated that. Now, this is the issue. The Players Association wants that pool to be $105 million. Right. It's a lot of money. It's a uh, lot of money. The league wants it to be $10 million. That's not right. a lot of money, right. <laughs> relatively speaking. So they're, totally. they're going to have to do some negotiating there. Honestly, if they met in the middle at 50, I think it'd be pretty good for everybody. 
Well, and I think it's a really good idea. If you got a guy that's an outstanding performer like that, it's such an early delivery, right? Mm-hmm. It was such a young age and he's, he deserves he's, to get paid. He deserves to get paid. And I, I, I think I saw some of the statistics that said Vlad Guerrero jr. Uh, the, a couple of years ago would have 200%. He would have 200 X his income based on that proposal that went through. Yeah. Um, yeah. Cause from $600,000 in one year to like, you know, a couple of 1.8 million or something like that. Yeah. Yeah. Well, the other thing they agree or they're working on is the MLB offered to raise the, the minimum salary to $650,000 right now. It's about 550. Yeah. 555, and, uh, something like that. The Players Association wants it to be 775. Right. They're, I feel like they're a little closer there. I mean, I know that's a bigger number, but that's going to be easier for them to, to meet in the middle there. Yeah. Then uh, I, I think that they're going to find some common ground there. They might even find common ground today because they're meeting again today. They are meeting today and we're hoping to hear good news, but mm-hmm. we still have core economic issues at play here. And I think I'm still hoping for information about um, revenue sharing and or salary cap. And right now there's no information about that. We have heard nothing to indicate right. whether or not it's going to go one way or the other, or if it's even on the table. So I'm, personally worried about that because i think that's going to be one of the things that needs to happen but one of the big things is i know that the that the players first or i think it was the owner's first proposition was uh included a salary floor yeah that was a big deal because i because a lot of people are saying you can't have a salary floor without a salary cap right so because well, that makes good sense but... because teams going over the cap or over over the I mean, right now they have the competitive competitive balance threshold is what they call it. And teams that go over that, like that would contribute to teams meeting the salary floor. So it all would kind of balance out in the end. I think that I do think there's going to end up being a salary floor, though, which I feel like is what really makes things competitive because you have teams that aren't used to spending money are forced to spend money to get yeah. get a competitive team on the field. To me, it just feels like 60% of the solution. And I, I just feel like a 60% solution still a little low. I'll take a yeah. 70% solution. <laughs> I'll every day take an 80% solution with opportunity to grow into something more. But but 50 to 60%, like, come yeah. on, man. And I think that's probably why the negotiations are still stalled, because everybody feels like they're only at 50 or 60% solutions. Could be. Yeah. Yeah, you're know. probably right. You're probably right. Let's move on to something very exciting, though, Brad. Minor League Baseball, for those of you who have wondered the same way Brad and I have, whether it's going to start on time, the answer is a resounding and very positive yes. Minor League Baseball will start on time. I called my guy at the Greenville Drive today. He said, yeah, first home game April 11th, final home game September, or excuse me, April 8th, final home game September 11th here in Greenville, South Carolina. There is no news whatsoever that they will not be holding practices, that they will not be starting on time. These players are not part of the association. They do not have to follow those union rules and thereby will be in uniform this spring. Can right. I get an amen? Amen. Well, here's the thing, Brig, was that I saw that. I saw that you put that on our on our lineup here. And I was kind of like, I wonder what that means for spring training. And I actually saw a little glimpse of something that said that they're planning on minor league spring training starting on time. So yes. to me, that says that everything's going to be ready to go. Like those spring training facilities are going to be up and running. So 
when yeah. it comes time, like when they do reach an agreement, say they reach an agreement on February 20th, pitchers and catchers right. will have already been there. Players will have already been there for minor league camp. Um, everything's ready to go. The truck doesn't even have to, is already there. So all they have to do is they have to get there, which the can be done to within 24 yeah. to 48 hours. I feel like for most guys, for most guys, I agree. And a lot of people live there, you know, like we've talked yes. about in the past. Yep. So exactly. it's anyway, I think it's it, that like, not only are we as the fans going to be treated to baseball this year, no matter what, mm-hmm. because we can almost always rely on minor league baseball, right? This is the best thing about baseball is that minor league baseball is always there for us. Mm-hmm. And the other thing is it does largely in, in the larger picture. If you paint with a more broad brush, you get to see that this also does affect lots of other things like you're saying. So I, mm-hmm. it is a good sign. I'm thrilled about this. I need baseball so bad. And okay. uh, we'll get into a way you can get your baseball fix this week. If you want to a little bit later. So keep listening, but excellent. Brad, can I jump yes. ship again? Go for it. I know we're moving pretty fast, but my goodness, this is exciting (laughs) stuff. (laughs) Where were you when the class of 2022 Hall of Fame induction announcement was made? Where were you? What were you doing? (laughs) I was driving Wilson to soccer practice. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, you were. (laughs) Yeah. I know because I called you screaming. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> well, you called me, didn't leave a message. I was like, oh my gosh, Brig never calls. He'll either Marco Polo me or text yeah, right. me. So I was like calling back while I'm on the freeway, breaking the law, by the way, because oh. <laughs> I don't have hands free in that car. Oh, no. <laughs> so it was I had worth you on, it, Brad. It was worth it. Let me tell you. What I, let me tell you what I had to do, Brig. So I have a pop socket on the back of my phone. I yeah. had it like, so it has like two levels, right? I had it down to the first level and I yeah. put you on speakerphone and like locked you onto my seatbelt. So you're like like a walkie-talkie on my yes. chest having this conversation oh in a car God. that doesn't have AC, by the way. So I had to roll the windows up oh, so I could no. hear you. On the freeway. On the freeway. Wilson in the car. Oh, yes. man. Did I say anything inappropriate? <laughs> no. No, I, oh, good. That's, why, that's why I told you at the very beginning of the conversation, hey, I'm oh. driving Wilson to soccer practice. Oh, it's very smart to give me a heads up. Um Yes, this is very good. <laughs> uh, I I think it's worth noting that I may have traumatized my child <laughs> that day. I'm sitting there listening to the Hall of Fame announcement. And uh, for those of you that don't know, let's just get it out of the way. The only member of the 2022 class from, you know, the, the what do we call it? The, the regular ballot? I don't know. The the voted the, tr- the, yeah, the voted in ballot I guess yeah or whatever um, not the culture club inductees we'll get to those in a minute but the traditional ballot big poppy David Ortiz his royal bigness is the only one that's getting into the Hall of Fame in this class and I Brad I just <laughs> lost it man you know you did. I, you're so excited I wigged all the way out i jumped up and down i ran around my house screaming yes 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 i threw my hat on the ground and my kid is gonna need therapy because his bigness got in the hall of fame it's just because i was excited she's gonna be like i don't know what it is there's something about the red Sox, not just my upbringing from my yankee loving dad but also like i am just like terrified of that bee yeah. <laughs> that specific red bee strikes fear into my mind oh man 
Oh, <laughs> That's I what it's going to be. Oh, my gosh. <laughs> anyway, for the, for those of you that don't know, like, let's just spend a minute on this. It is incredibly exciting that David Ortiz is in the Hall of Fame, right? It, he's his first year on the ballot. He deserves to be in the Hall of Fame anytime the conversation goes where he's even discussed as a Hall of Fame potential. Everybody's like, duh, of course. And that's how I feel. I was even as a diehard Yankees fan, I was like thrilled to see Big Poppy get into the Hall of Fame. What about you, Brad? Yeah, I mean, I thought it was really exciting. Um, we we both last week thought he was going to get in for sure. Um, I do I do have to say this, Brig though. Um, it was brought up about how he was on the Mitchell report, how he, he tested was. positive during spring training. Yeah. Um, and he refuted it. He said that he took something over the counter that popped him positive. And Rob Manfred has come out and said that, oh, there's a, there's a chance he could have been a false positive, but we don't know. Well, then how many other guys on the list are false positives? Right. Who, I don't know, are potentially not going to get into the Hall of Fame or have had their names tainted because of that. You know, I know there are a few guys who were on the list and were like, yep. Yeah, I, I did. Like Andy Pettit, yeah. right? You're like, yeah, yeah Andy yeah. Pettit, exactly. Right. He owned up to it. Um, but it, it kind of comes into the conversation, though, like Barry Bonds and Roger Clemens, right? They were not voted in. And I told you in text, I said, my stance on this has softened this week. Yeah. Now, I have to I have to present something to you real quick. I have a mystery player who is a Hall of Famer. Obviously oh, not no. unanimous because that just doesn't happen except for one time. Yeah, one time. Um, this, this player, <laughs> I'm going to cherry pick a few stats for you to help okay. paint the picture that I'm trying to get with here. Are you going to quiz me? Okay. Well, so this player ended with a 305 batting average. And uh, he won an MVP, World Series champion, a whole a whole slew of all-star appearances. Um. He held a record for a long time, three-time gold glove, two-time batting title. And he is a Hall of, like I said, Hall of Famer who admitted to using amphetamines. Performance enhancing drugs. We saw what happened. He was an outfielder and a first baseman. Now, we saw the role that amphetamines, I feel like, played in Chris Davis's success for a long time, right? Mm -hmm. He tested positive. And then after that, he forgot how to play baseball it seemed like literally forgot well would you would you let this person in the hall of fame Brig? um was it a banned substance at the time it was not was there a prescription for it or something like that no prescription um just grab just like, a handfuls in the in the clubhouse like everybody right, else but, did but everybody else right um mm-hmm. but there was not explicitly banned Right. I then you can't punish him if he didn't break okay. a rule. Okay. I, I right. Now, right. Right. He didn't break a rule. That person was Hank Aaron. Right. Uh, and I feel like the same goes for at least Barry Bonds. Because I mean, he, if he never didn't break a rule. He never tested positive. Yes, physically, like and he always denied that he, he always denied using it. But I mean, we have evidence like dude you were like a freaking balloon oh. right you're His enormous, head enormous. Size changed yeah but at the same time mark mcguire sammy sosa it wasn't a banned substance at the time right and mark mcguire and sammy sosa essentially saved baseball in the, in the late 90s 
then Barry Bonds came on. Barry Bonds is a seven-time MVP break. I know. Three before he even got to San Francisco, four more times with the Giants. And he holds the record for most home runs in Major League Baseball history. Ever. Yeah. Ever. And, I mean, how many people want Pete Rose in the Hall of Fame? He broke a specific rule. Right? Yeah, he did. Like a very specific, hard, fast rule about sure. gambling on the game. Yeah. Like games that he was managing, he was betting on. And I don't care if he was vote he was if he was betting for his team. The fact that he was betting on the game is like insane to me, especially as somebody who has gambled in the past. I'm like, there are, you can go to great lengths to win a bet, <laughs> especially if you've got that much money on it, right? Yeah, yeah, that's true. <laughs> so I feel like you can't want Pete Rose in the Hall of Fame and then say Barry Bonds doesn't deserve to be in the Hall of Fame for A, never testing positive, and B, potentially using when it wasn't a banned substance. These are good right? points, Brad. That's that's kind of the where that's where I've gotten to be even just in this mm. last week. Because before, I mean, when you called me like, hey, they stuck to their guns. Like, yeah, they didn't get in. But then I was like, wait a minute. Like, we're kind of a double standard here. So That's true. Yeah, that's true. And I think it comes for me, the waters got really muddy with the the sign stealing scandal in 2017. Mm-hmm. That's when the waters really got muddy for me. Um, had that not occurred, I don't think they would be as muddy. That's when I reevaluated Pete Rose. Yeah. That's the only reason I revisited Pete Rose, honestly. Yeah, and I get um, that. And so here's what's interesting to me. This is the verbiage. This is the actual language that is used in, during the announcement, and this is what the Baseball Writers Association of America uh, members and voters are instructed to critique or criticize potential players or consider yeah to consider when evaluating players um i don't want to use the word worthiness but you know what i mean like (laughs) if they whether they belong in the hall of fame yeah so quote based upon the player's record playing ability integrity sportsmanship character and contributions to the team or teams on which the player played end quote and I feel like when the dude read it off, he paused a couple of times in some of key on some keywords there. He didn't emphasize them, but I just felt like it was in the air. Right. And I understand that. Um, and and this is the this is the big thing too, is that the I mean, just going back specifically to steroids, like Bonds was never suspended, never tested positive for it. Yeah. A guy like Alex Rodriguez is a completely different case, right? Because he was totally. suspended twice, twice yes. for it after it was banned. Like he, he probably tested yeah. positive. I think he was on the Mitchell report. And then he goes and he tests positive, gets that 80 game suspension. Then he goes and tests positive again, was supposed to be gone for an entire season. Yeah. You know, like I think it was even a season and a half. It was, he was ex- the ringleader. Extensive. Yeah. He you was. Know? And so that book is good. <laughs> it is. It's really, it's really good. Anyway, so I feel like you know you, you can't necessarily bring him to the table and be like, well, you know, it's like, well, no, he he straight up broke a rule, right? Like that. That's the Twice. integrity part with a rod, and that's why he'll never get in, in my opinion. Right. But the fact that I feel like Bonds was like, this is what I need to do to take myself to level the playing field because he was that much better than everybody else. 
Did you see he the stat was. about? Did you see the stat about his OPS? Mm-mm. So it, I saw a graphic that said that uh, David Ortiz's OPS career OPS was three eighty, mm-hmm. and if you turned all of Bonds's home runs into outs, his would be three eighty four. What? That's insane. Every single home run. Every single home run into an out, he would still be higher than than Poppy's. Oh man, that's how good of a player he was. That he he leads the league all time in walks and intentional walks because nobody yeah, wants to pitch to him. And you yeah. can't. And you're not going to get there in the last five six years of your career. They were they were pitching around him before. You know, Jonathan Mullins came on the podcast while you were gone and was saying that uh, he said, "I think that he's a Hall of Famer just because he was before." Yeah, you know, and when he I've was heard that Pirates. argument so many times, and it's not wrong. He had a Hall of Fame career with Pittsburgh. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and and the argument I've heard towards that is that you can't shoot a twenty-seven on the front nine, and then use your foot wedge on the back nine and consider it a, a good round of yeah. golf, right? <laughs> yeah. That's great analogy. So, I understand that, but at the same time, like we said, he wasn't breaking a rule at the time. Mm-mm. So I, it's it's That's really sticky. Really I think sticky. eventually he's going to get in. I think the culture club is going to let him in. I think so too. Yeah, and so. I think that the only argument you need is that um, you can't tell the game, the history of the game, you can't tell the story of baseball without him. And it's true, you can't. So. Yeah. I, does he belong in the Hall of Fame? Yes. Do we need to be careful about how we do that? I still think we should be careful. It's still a slippery slope. I'll give you that. Yeah, and based on the words listed, right? Mm-hmm. Uh, record, playing ability, integrity, sportsmanship, character, contributions to the team or teams on which they played. Character is the reason, freaking, and sportsmanship is the reason Kurt Schilling didn't get in. I promise you. Yeah. Right? Like, yeah. it's got to be. It has to be. Because otherwise, it makes no sense for him not to be invited. He has, he did say though, before he ever got on the ballot, I think it was the first year he was supposed to be on the ballot. He said that he didn't think he was a Hall of Famer. Dan Patrick asked him, and he said, I feel like you have a one shot. You have one shot with guys who are supposed to be Hall of Famers. He said, if, if somebody asks you, is this guy a Hall of Famer, Hall of Famer, and you hesitate, he's not a Hall of Famer. That's what Kurt Schilling himself said. He said, so I don't believe that I belong in the Hall of Fame. So, huh. Yeah, because because uh, he went through and listed off a bunch of guys, and there was one where he hesitated, where DP hesitated, and Schilling goes, "See, he doesn't belong in the Hall of Fame. You had to hesitate." Like, that's really that's an interesting approach to it. That is interesting. So I don't, I, I like so that. I think he legitimately does not care that he's not in the Hall of Fame because he doesn't think he belongs there. Well, he's gone on the record saying he gave up caring. I think after the first year or something. Maybe, yeah. And, yeah, and, that, and that he, might be why is that he's just like, well, they, that wasn't a no brainer. So I don't get in. Yeah. You know what? Talk about going on the record though. Um, we have to revisit Roger Clemens statement. Yeah. Yeah. Because, <laughs> because that blew my mind. Did that blow your mind? You shared the, it with me. I, see I did share it, it with quick. you. Yeah. I'll see if I can get it, get it real quick. Um, so I did think it was funny like some of some of the phrasing. So the first one, the one that I shared to you was just the first part of his thread. He says, Hey y'all, I figured I'd give y'all a statement since it's that time of the year again, my family and I put the hall of fame in the rear view mirror 10 years ago. I didn't play baseball to get in the hall of fame. I played to make a general, a generational difference in the lives of my family. So I feel like that's the one, one part of that thread of the tweet that really says it all. That he did, never cared about the hall of fame, never cared mm-hmm. about winning championships. He was straight up about the money. 
Start to finish. If it meant taking steroids to elongate his career, he was going to do it. Yeah. So, but I I quote tweeted it from our uh, Twitter and said, translation, I never wanted to be part of your stupid club anyway. (laughs) Because that's what that (laughs) felt like to me. (laughs) That's exactly right. I did it for the money. So sue me. Which did happen. It did happen. Oh, man. Oh, man. Shots fired. Okay. (laughs) Let's get Um, into next year's ballot real quick, Brig. Yeah, that's what I was going to do. Yep. So it's it's a long, long, long list. There are a lot of guys. Um, so let's read them. I'll read them off first and then we'll get into a few notables there first. So we have Carlos Beltran, John Lackey, Jared Weaver, Jacoby Ellsbury, your favorite. Who? Jacoby Ellsbury. You know, who, who is, oh, okay. we've forgotten. Anyway, Matt Kane, Johnny Peralta, Jason Worth, JJ Hardy, Mike Napoli, Aaron Hill, Bronson Arroyo and his braids, R.A. Dickey and his knuckleball, Eric Ivar, Carlos Ruiz, Ubaldo Jimenez. Francisco Rodriguez on uh, Andrew Ethier. Um, is it Andrew or Andre? Did I write that down? Wrong. You, did you I do did that write wrong? it down. Anyway, Stephen drew Joaquin Benoit, Houston street, uh, Joe Blanton, Adam Lind, Jonathan Broxton, Glenn Perkins, Chad Qualls, and Jason Greeley. It was, it is Andre Ethier. I don't know why I put mm. Andrew. I should have just gone straight off the list. Anyway, um, <laughs> so first off, Brig, who is the guy? Is there anybody on that list you think is like a no brainer who's gonna nope. get in? No, not a, not a single no brainer gonna get in on that list for me. I know. Um, one the one big guy who does stick out though is Carlos Beltran. Great career, yeah. great, great career. career. Until it also wasn't. a known, known cheater, yeah. That, that <sighs> Let me redo the... this list again. You're instructed to elect Hall members based on. <laughs> it's going to be the beginning of the fallout from the Astros cheating scandal. Yeah, it's just going to be dominoes from here on out. What the yep. voters do with Carlos Beltran, I think, will determine what happens down the road. Um, yeah, it'll be a landmark thing for sure. It sure will be because I feel like if you're not going to put Beltran in, you can't put in Correa, Altuve, Bregman if he is for if he sure does have an, a Hall of Fame career yeah so i think i think astros fans are going to be paying attention very closely to carlos beltran from here on out rightly so we have 10 years to figure it out so don't hold your breath yeah (laughs) yeah another guy though is francisco rodriguez Mm k-rod he's tricky because closers have a hard time getting into the hall because of their intermittent use uh they don't appear in as nearly as many games as anybody else yeah to be judged differently for sure they do, and and this is one of the things too. I feel like with uh, with closers is that they'll they'll have like a good stretch with the team. They'll have a year where they're just a bum. No, they're like, don't bring that guy in again. Yeah, and then they get then their contract ends or they get traded to another team. Then they have two or three more great years with a new team. Yeah, and then they have another down year, right? Exactly. Uh, and he was one of those guys. Mind. Yeah, I'm trying to think of that guy's name. Atlanta Braves, and then he went to he does the crow thing, the the bird pose. Freaks his name. Craig Kimbrell. Kimbrell, thank you. Yeah. My goodness, same thing where you're like, eventually, like he was lights out constantly, and then you were like, who? Like yep. no. <laughs> anyway, yep. 
Yeah, it happens all the time, but uh, it'll be interesting to see if he gets in. If he does, especially in the first couple of years, it's going to be really close, I feel like. Yeah. So that's a, that's an interesting thing to keep an eye on is how they treat the treat the closer there. Well, unless they're unanimously treated. <laughs> it's never going to happen again. The end. <laughs> and never with that baseball family, let's go to take a quick break. And uh, when we come back, we've got some more Carlos Beltran news, baseball cards, and more. Welcome back, baseball family. Um, we have some more news, like Brad said, after he just showed me something ridiculous. It's so funny. Um, I'm going to try and bring it back together. Carlos Beltran is back in baseball. For those of you that are wondering, he was involved in the 2017 um, sign-stealing scandal in Houston. and well, then Not just involved. We talked about it. He was well, the ringleader. Yeah, the ringleader. yeah, exactly. But for the purposes of this discussion, he then retired as a player. He got picked up as a manager for one year, kind of. And then they booted him from the role. He didn't even make, yeah, he didn't make it into any games or anything. They kicked him out because of the scandal and everything. That's the same year Alex Cora was um, removed or released or whatever we're calling it from service uh, in Boston, et cetera. So now he's back. Um, He's going to be calling 36 games with the New York Yankees on the Yes Network. And, um, I mean, that's a safe place to put him, unless your name is Aaron Boone. Right. Because yeah. this is how Aaron Boone got the job he has now. Oh, is it? Yes. I didn't realize he was with Yes before. Yeah, he signed a deal Ooh. to cover games, and then they brought him in to the family, like official Internal hire. Yes. And so there is some speculation out there. That's the only reason this is interesting, is that there is some speculation out there that... um did I miss a joke? No, it just, I think that's interesting. I had never, I didn't it know is. that. Yeah. So there's that, some like speculation they're bringing guys that, from the booth to the dugout. Like that's crazy. That's right. Well, and that's why, that's why we've wondered if David Cohn maybe has a place um, in the dugout as well, because he's done some stuff with yes. And mm-hmm. it's, I mean, he's terrific. He really is. He's terrific. great. So there's a reason know. ESPN picked him up. He's that's very right. good at it. So um, that's how Boone got his job. And Boone's contract is uh, three more years. They just extended him three years. There's a team option for a fourth. That's 2024, maybe 2025. So it's it's not that far for them to vet Beltran. Um, well, and Boone, and- hold on. Boone has had a 601 regular season record in the right. five years or whatever he's been in, in, in the dugout. And, Which is I remarkable. Mean, he just it is. We can't friggin' figure it out in the postseason. Well, and those those postseason run, or those regular season runs are not easy ever, ever, no. ever with him. Uh, the, it is it is the most tumultuous roller coaster ride, and I yeah. can't imagine being a Yankees fan where you have this manager who can win, but for some reason cannot they cannot get it together and win. So you say three years of the fourth year option, uh, but really. As a Yankee, it's day to day. Let's be honest, especially as the manager, hundred percent. And he goes on the record to say that. There's saw an article in the New York Post, maybe is where I saw it. Anyway, they said 
He's like, yeah, we all know, though. I mean, you can be fired at any time. <laughs> <laughs> well, it's like I, I was explaining to Wilson the other day because we were listening to Dan Patrick on the way to school on, while I was taking him to school. They said something about one of the coaches. They said something about a coach getting fired, and Wilson was very concerned. He's like, why did he get fired? What do you do? I was like, it's like Wilson, you have to understand when you work in sports, especially as a coach, it's like you're, fi- you're hired to get fired. And so I explained it to him, especially the fact those guys make enough money that they're not going to be out on the streets asking for food. I was like, they're they're fine. Like, yeah. Oh, okay. <laughs> oh, okay. He's like, because he's like, I never want to be a coach in sports. And so I explained that to him. He's like, oh, that's okay. It's like, different. well, and if you want to work in the front office, you make even more money, but it's the same situation. He's like, oh, okay. <laughs> like, <laughs> mm, very nice. <laughs> but no, like, yeah, Boone could go any day if they decide, like, well, Beltran's ready. Let's bring him in. Right. Totally. But they might be oh. grooming him. I'm just saying it's, it's, it's possible. The end. Yeah. Very, um, very possible. Moving on from the Yankees, the Rays have told Kevin Kiermeyer that teams have been asking about him before the lockout. And it sounds like they're not opposed to dealing Kevin Kiermeyer. Well, I mean, you think about it. They dealt Blake Snell, right? Yeah. Um, oh. They traded Joey Wendell. And Kiermeyer, Kiermeyer said, he's like, that's when I was like, well, if he got traded – and this article is saying the discussions are heating up. I'm for sure getting traded now. So he's, it sounds like he's ready to like prepared for it mentally. But at the same yeah. time though, like I'd be really frustrated if I was him, like in this organization that seems great as far as their ability to win, make the yeah. postseason runs. Like, yeah. cause that's where you want to be. Right. But at the same time, like they're obviously not going to pay you. Um, yeah. He's got yeah. a couple years left on a, on a big deal. Um, I don't know. I'd be really frustrated if I was anybody who played for the Rays, though, seeing yeah. these big name guys get traded because it's it's like, where's the stability? There's no loyalty coming down. And I understand there's only so much loyalty in sports anyway, but yeah. I'd be really frustrated as a player seeing that. He's 31 years old, Kevin Kiermeyer is. And I think you're right about being frustrated because I, I wonder if the other guys on the team are going, oh, are we going to tank now? Right. Or whatever. Right. And if that's the case, because we're just going to sell off all our stock, you know. And Yeah. Well, and, and this is the thing, too, is that the Rays, like, I feel like the Rays could handle losing Snell. They had Tyler Glass now, who happened to need Tommy John last year. Yeah. But they also had one of the best pitching staffs, the best bullpen in baseball. Yeah. For with sure. an outstanding catcher managing it, by the way. Oh, um, yeah. But losing Kiermaier, that's a big bat. That's a big deal. like that's going to be a big hole to fill for anybody they decide to bring in so that feels like a more significant loss if should they decide to trade him than anybody else the last few years that could be i agree i agree with you and he's been with them the entire his entire career from 2013 to now so he's also got the franchise thing going on he's got the you know it's just i don't know Feels like he's getting done dirty maybe a little bit, but I would think we'll so. see. Yeah. We'll see. Uh, next on our list, for those of you who need baseball in your life, like me and Brad, yes. you can get it with the Caribbean Series this week. Um, the Caribbean Series is 64 years old. I had to do a little research because I'm not terribly familiar with the Caribbean Series, um, but the six countries are competing for the title, and it's this is how it works. Okay, so there's a Caribbean professional baseball confederation and that involves venezuela dominican republic puerto rico and mexico the top baseball clubs 
from those nations teams and their that their uh, national leagues. Does that make sense? Their professional baseball leagues have championships, right? Just like everywhere else. The mm-hmm. champions from those leagues get invited to the Caribbean series of those four countries. Then what they do is they reach out to Colombia and Panama, and they bring in teams from those countries, one team from each of those countries to round it out. So there are six teams competing in the Caribbean series. Um, teams are selected based on their national championship within the federation itself, confederation rather. Uh, and then they re- invite representative teams. So uh, here's how the, according to MLB, this is how the teams, the the breakdown is of the playoff series. Cause it's, it's really interesting. Each team will play each other once in a round robin format. And then the four teams with the best records will advance to the semis. So the top seed will play number four, while number two and three play each other in the winner's advance to the winner-take-all final tournament. The final tournament, the final, is 6 p.m. Eastern, Thursday, February 3rd. Um, I think it's going to be on... um, ESPN Deportes. Deportes, yeah. It's going to be on Deportes. So if you have... um... If you have like ESPN, watch ESPN or whatever, uh, mm-hmm. or I, I don't know you necessarily the need app. ESPN Plus, but if you have the app and you have ESPN access to watch stuff on ESPN, I think you can watch the games. Maybe I learn a little so Spanish in the process. Yeah. Well, it never so. hurts to learn Spanish in today's baseball, for sure. Exactly. Well, That's exactly 60 right. years of baseball or whatever. So, yeah. Let's be so I think that'll be cool. That I'll probably turn that on. I watch, I watch Caribbean baseball now and then. I'll be honest with you. Yeah. Just. Scratch the edge. Um, yeah, and that's so, what it's for, scratch the edge for me. Yeah. Yeah. And so this is actually something I thought was pretty cool um, while you were, while I was looking for that to see where I could find that on, on TV. Um, the 2024 Caribbean series is actually going to be held at Lone Depot Park, which is where the Marlins play. Whoa. Yeah. So if you're in the area in 2024 or you want to make plans to go to Miami, um, you can catch the Caribbean series because that's where it's going to be. It's a Sounds beautiful like ballpark. We might by the need way. To take a trip. Right? Yeah, it's a beautiful ballpark. They've got the glass out in left field, the big windows that open, and it is. That's really cool. nice. It's really nice. That's cool. I like that. So yeah, that's, that's a good that's idea. A nice little nugget, though. Um, yeah, I, I like the Caribbean series. That'll be fun to watch. Uh, yeah, let's so talk again, a little bit of crossover news here, Brig. Okay. Yeah. Uh, so over the weekend, it was announced. I, I, I don't know that it was announced, but it came out that Tom Brady is retiring. <laughs> so this is somebody blabbed. Uh, yeah, <laughs> somebody said something they weren't supposed to because he came out. He's like, no, I'm not. And like, yeah, you are. Anyway, um, so in fact, he's already been replaced in the Pro Bowl, by the way, by Russell Wilson. Oh, so really? So oh, that doesn't make you sad. <laughs> it doesn't. Well, I don't really. Honestly, I don't care about the Pro Bowl. But anyway, so here's this. Uh, Brig and I were thinking about, I guess I was thinking about this, like Brady was drafted by the Expos in the 18th round, the 1995 MLB draft. So we talked last week, two weeks ago about crossover athletes, about Mm -hmm. guys who we thought could maybe cross over from baseball to other sports. Well, let's do the reverse. Let's talk about guys who had a chance to play other sports like Tom Brady could have played baseball with the Expos. Who knows how different the football landscape would have been the last 20 years. Man, right, because no he's owned the NFL for that long. It's um, his. 
Yeah. Yes, exactly. Um, but there were guys who had a chance to play in the NFL who actually played baseball instead, which I think is cool. Um, it is cool. We, one of the things we talked about is instant money versus perspective money, right? Mm-hmm. So, uh, so the first one on the list that's really interesting to both of us is Mickey Mantle. Brig, you did most of the research on this. I'm going to give you credit. Um, you want to tell us what happened to Mickey Mantle while he ended up playing baseball instead of football? Yeah, so he was a star baseball and football player uh, in high school. And what the story goes that as a 14-year-old underclassman, he was committed to go to the University of Oklahoma to the Sooners. to, And he was fully intended to do that. But during a football practice, and when he was 14 during, during football practice, somebody kicked him in the ankle or in the lower leg. And uh, he has uh, an odd osteomyelitis is what it's called it's a it's a bone fragility disease that can be it's a it's an infection or or inflammation of your bone right and it can often go undetected and so that's how they found out that he had it that's right so he had a huge fever and um you know swelling and all this other stuff and they said we're gonna have to amputate your leg a second opinion just in case and the doctor said, you know, what? we ought to try this other really radical new drug to see if we can help it calm down. And they gave him penicillin and he was better in about a week. <laughs> That's crazy. That's it's so crazy. crazy. <laughs> Man, yeah. we, we might have missed out on one of the best, might have missed out on one of the best baseball players ever. Had that oh, not happened ever that's, is absolutely accurate. Yeah, that's insane. But we also have Jackie Robinson, who was just an absolute freak athlete at UCLA. He was a three sport athlete, and ran track. Four. Uh, well, he was a four sport four. athlete. You're right. He lettered in four events. Yeah, that's nuts. right. Um, but he played football. He he was a part returner, a quarterback, running back. Basically, just give Jackie the ball and let him do his thing. He still holds records at UCLA, but his role in major league baseball is unmatched to anybody to this point. And we're really glad obviously that he chose baseball. Dave yeah. Winfield hadn't played football since he was a youth. Youth. He was a, a youth, youth. Urana. He was <laughs> in his youth. <laughs> youth. Uh, but he was drafted by the Vikings, which is yeah. crazy. He I still feel like it was just one of those things where, where they're like a bajillion, rounds in the draft at the point they're like this guy's an athlete bring him in let's see if he can play some football <laughs> and he was a killer basketball player and a killer baseball player at the university of minnesota so um anyway we all know dave winfield and we're all glad he played baseball and said kurt gibson is the next name on this list he played wide receiver at michigan state was just absolutely epic at it apparently and then todd helton's my next favorite one because he played in front of the most famous quarterback Tennessee ever produced. Did he really play in front of Peyton Manning? He did. No way. <laughs> he played in he played in front of Peyton Manning. And uh anyway, that's, that's crazy. Just an aside there, but yeah, he started focusing on baseball. Um, it's no surprise that the big hurt played football, Frank Thomas. Well, but he played it at is Auburn, surprising. Like another, he played at Auburn. Yeah. Another big dude, Bo Jackson. That's right. But it is surprising that he was a tight end. That is a little surprising. I didn't. I mean, <laughs> I don't know why. It's just a large, <laughs> large human being. It's, can't imagine him hauling around too much. But he must have been a blocking tight end or something like that. That's the way they played back then. So maybe. Yeah, but, you're right. But Joe Maurer was another one. He's he was he didn't actually go 
to play football in college, but he was a blue chip prospect, which is a big deal. Um, yeah. I had a buddy who was a blue chip prospect and I was like, why'd you quit? He's like, I just didn't want to play anymore. There are other things I want to do. Dude. Hmm. But you know, when you're able to leave on your own terms, then you're at peace yeah. with it. And apparently Joe Maurer was, and he was the number one overall pick and made a pretty good career of it. I'd say. Yeah. The in major league baseball, number one overall mm-hmm. pick out of high school. And that's why they, he didn't pursue a football yeah. career. Um, he's a quarterback. Adam Dunn was a quarterback at the University of Texas at Austin. Um, Darren Erstad was a punter in Nebraska. And Jeff Samarja, wide receiver at Notre Dame. I got one more for you, Brig. You do? I do. Um, and this is actually something that I learned on an interview a few years ago on the oh. Dan Patrick Show, as I watch just about every day. Um, Ken Griffey Jr. was recruited by the Ohio State to play football. Whoa. Yeah. I didn't know that. Was, yeah. He was, I think he said that he was a quarterback in high school and huh. DP said, he's like, so are you going to play quarterback at, in college? He's like, um, it would have been a position change. He didn't go too much into depth with it, but um, was, I mean, obviously a freak athlete. Yeah. <laughs> so. oh, yeah. No doubt. <laughs> so yeah, I thought that was That's pretty really cool. cool. I didn't know so, that. That's neat. Yeah. And we're, and I, I, for one, am glad that he decided to make the switch and go to baseball. So. Yeah. Well, I play with his anyway. dad. Yeah. It's pretty awesome. I mean, there's so, so many storylines that are just unbeatable yep. with Ken Griffey yep. Jr. They're just the best. Exactly. Exactly. All right. So the last weeks thing ago, we have today. Oh, sorry. Go ahead, Brig. Oh, I was going to say the same thing. A couple weeks ago, we said Shohei Otani was quoted as saying, you know, I'm the face of baseball. Somebody said, "You're the, how does it feel to be the face of baseball? And I think both of you and I were like, what? The face of it? Really? Is that? Well, now we know why. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> He is going to be the cover athlete on this year's edition of MLB The Show. There um, is. So my question for you, Brig, as we wrap things up here, how great is this for baseball? It's great. It's a big deal. It's truly sure, great. Yeah. Because you have an international superstar yeah. on the cover of, vid- of a video game that, c- that can help grow the game. That video games are part of what make professional sports popular i mean i saw a stat last week i think it was that said that more kids are playing Fortnite than play basketball and football combined in our country right now whoa and accessibility is a big thing totally baseball is a relatively accessible sport that you can i mean kids used to play stickball out on the street all you really need is a bat and a tennis ball yeah right or a rock stick yeah like in Panama, with, <laughs> well, in Panama, I remember listening to Mo talk about how they used to play with rock in Panama. That's what they did. Yeah, 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 and yeah, you find a you find a ball and get a a broomstick or something, and you can play baseball if that's yeah. really what you want to do. And so I feel like this is a great way to get kids to want to play baseball again because it's leagues are inaccessible, generally speaking. I feel like, yeah. like. It's it's not financially accessible for a lot of people. Even us, like when we sign Wilson up for baseball, we're like, oof, ouch, every single time yeah. because it costs a lot of money. It does. And I think I think kids, though, being able to see a guy like Otani on the cover of the show and play him in the game and, you know, get acquainted with other stars is a great way to grow the game. Well, and he's such a likable guy, too. Exactly. Like that is a huge part of this. Uh-huh. Well, and they nailed it last year with Nando with Fernando Tatis Jr. Totally like, nailed it. 
another great personality, kind of on the opposite end of the spectrum. Not saying he's a jerk, but he's more flashy. He is, you know. (laughs) Well, and I bought the Jackie Robinson edition, the full suite packaged super retro. Oh yeah, thing whatever. That's the one I bought. Was the the Jackie Robinson edition that they Mm -hmm. that they released? I was like Nando. (laughs) Who's that? I got he's still on the home screen. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, he sure is. <laughs> but no, I think it's great. He'll be a he'll be a great he, Shohei Otani is going to be an awesome ambassador for the game. Yeah, the, I I hope that that fans can embrace him the way that that we that we have because he's he's a lot of fun to watch. He's he really electric, is a lot sure. of fun. Yeah, he's a great ball so, player. He's a good person, and I don't know. I think he's in the right culture as well. Catch new episodes of the Baseball Together podcast every Tuesday.